Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Well, welcome to everyone, wherever you're joining us from today. We know there are people that are engaged in our services here from Zimbabwe, from Uganda, from Pakistan, from China, from Canada, from Germany, from Cambridge, from Bury St. Edmunds. You are all very welcome. In fact, today, along with the 46 prisons that have been regularly joining us, we have three new prisons joining us. You are most welcome. I'm going to name you. Give a cheer. Kirk Levington Grange, Durham and Deerbolt are joining us for the first time today. We're in the middle of a series called Everyday Wisdom. It's a study, it's a look at the book of Proverbs, which is full of wisdom. We all need wisdom, choices that we make every single day. And today I'm going to be speaking on wisdom for work. Now don't just think of paid employment when I say that. Anything that we engage in in regard to work, we need wisdom for. But just in regard to paid employment, let me read some statistics from the independent newspaper in a survey that they did. The average Briton will spend 3,507 days at work, including 204 days of overtime in their lifetime. It also found that the average British worker will put in 34 hours and 26 minutes of work a week, totaling 1,791 hours a year and 84,171 hours in the course of their career. They'll also work an additional nine hours of overtime a month. The survey found out that the British worker travels an average of 94,192 miles in their lifetime from the workplace, spending 14,053 hours commuting, and the typical employee will experience 812 workplace arguments, some of you can relate to that, as well as brewing 7,967 rounds of tea and coffee for their colleagues. In one figure, it's this. We will spend about 40% of our lives at work. And as I said, that's just paid employment. There is plenty of other work that we do, and for some, it's even more meaningful than their paid employment that is outside of the hours that we earn money. But the Bible reveals that Work, and this is not just in the book of Proverbs, this is throughout the Bible, work is not simply about earning money. Now, for some of you, you may be shocked at that. You may have thought, well, I I thought I worked in order to earn a living for me and my loved ones, for bread on our table, so that one day I can retire. Uh -uh -uh." That may be a reason, but it's not the main reason. The main reason we work is this. Number one, get this. We work because... We are God-like. We are like God. The book of Genesis introduced a creation story with this. This is Genesis 1, verse 26, when God made us. He says, Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the air, over all the livestock and all the, all livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So what's really important to establish is every human being is made in the image and likeness of God. You have never set eyes on someone 
that is valuable to God and made in his image and likeness. Now we know we ruin that image and likeness in all kinds of different ways. But no matter how tarnished, no matter how fallen, no matter how damaged, every human being is made in the image and likeness of God. That's why every individual is worth our dignity and our respect. Everyone, whatever their situation, they demand our respect. And the first time we are introduced to God, so this is the first book in the Bible, Genesis 1 verse 1, the first time we're introduced to him, do you know what he's doing? He's working. This is what Genesis 1 verse 1 says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's bringing order out of chaos. God is a worker. So when we work, we are doing so as those who are made in his image and likeness. We're like him. The first thing he's doing is bringing order out of chaos. Wherever we bring order out of chaos, we're working. We're like God. It may be just tidying your sock drawer or your underwear drawer. It may be tidying the garage. It may be writing software. It may be fixing a car. It may be filming. It may be communicating. We could go on with a whole list of what work involves. It doesn't matter what it is. It may be cleaning. It, it may be writing software, as I say. Anything that brings order out of chaos is work. So many ways we can work. Now, a lot of people will say this to you. Work is a curse. In fact, my dad used to say that to me. And there's an element of truth in that because after humanity had rebelled against God, God said that there would be an additional element to work. That there would be, but now by the sweat of his brow, that now it would be that there would be weeds. But he didn't take away the dignity that's involved in work. We're still like God when we work. It's just there's an added dimension. Before the fall, before man thought they knew better than God, there were no bad bosses. There were no weeds. There was no sweat of the brow. There was no awkward colleagues to work with. It was all perfect. But there's an added dimension because of the fall. But work is still very much something that God wants us to engage in. It comes naturally. It's in our DNA to bring order out of chaos. Now let's just look at, that's the first thing I want you to know, but let's just look at three other areas, particularly from Proverbs, that have to do with the place and value and importance of work. So this is number two. Work is, is the primary way God provides for us. Did you hear that? The primary way of God providing for us is through work. Now you say, I thought I provided for myself. It's me who works hard for my family. Yes, yes, but don't forget it's God who gave us the ability to work. In the book of Deuteronomy, when the children of Israel are about to enter into the promised land, a land that God said to them would be full of milk and honey. It would be a beautiful, luscious land. Before they went in, God gave them this warning. This is in Deuteronomy 8. He says, you may say to yourself, my power and my strength, the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Let's never forget whatever job we have, which is the way God uses to provide for us. It's God who's given us that ability. If we're good at organising, if we're good at mathematics, if we're good at communicating, the gift comes from God to enable us to earn a living. God provides usually through work. Listen to this verse. I'm going to read lots of verses from Proverbs as we go through. This is Proverbs 6, one of my favourite in the Bible. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. So the Bible's saying, look at the ant. 
It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty comes on a thief like a bandit or like an armed man. Now, I realise the audience that's engaged in this today is a lot more sophisticated than my two-year-old grandson, although I will say I do think he's a genius. But um, I often sing a song with him that's based on this verse. It's from a, a guy many years ago called Ian White. It's one of, the, one of the ones I can play on the guitar. And the chorus, so I'm going to sing it to you, goes like this. So, if you're feeling lazy and can't get out of bed, remember the way of the little ant instead. He's very, very busy, he's always full of vim. And that's why the Bible says, that's why the Bible says that we should look to him, look at the ant, 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 ant. And that's what the Bible is saying. I, I know that won't be on any album soon, but it's saying, consider the ant at any age. Look at how it works. No boss over it, yet it still works. Now, of course, this is the normal way that God provides for us. We know there are exceptions. So when anyone is watching and you can't work for various reasons, there's no, no guilt involved in that. This is the normal way. It's, the, it's what's usually true. And sometimes people come to poverty through no fault of their own. We understand that and we're living in times when maybe we understand that more than ever. So we do know there can be exceptions. And there are other answers in Proverbs of what we should do if that happens. If you hear, if you close your ear to the cry of the poor, your cry will not be heard. That's Proverbs 21, verse 30 or 13. So the normal way is that we work. In fact, the New Testament puts it like this. If you don't work, you don't eat. In other words, that's addressing those that can work. We eat from the work of our hands. This is what Proverbs 12, 11 says this. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread. This is the normal way. But he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. And my dad was a very hard worker. And yet he was a worrier about money all his life. But God was faithful. My mom was also a very hard worker. And she used to have a little saying. She, I heard her say it many times to my dad. Some of you know my mum went to be with Jesus just a few weeks ago. I can still hear her saying it. She used to say, Ronnie, we can always get more money. That was my dad's name, obviously, Ronnie. Ronnie, we can always get more money. And we did. But the way we always got more money was that my mum particularly did more jobs. Sometimes in the evening, sometimes early in the morning, sometimes in the day when we were at school. She would just take on another job. And we always had enough and more than enough to do what we needed to do, feed the family and have some luxuries. I loved some of the jobs she had. She used to work in an ice cream factory. She went at five o'clock, I think it was, till about eight. It was a factory called Lunt's Ice Cream. And every night when we'd pick her up, she was also allowed some of the damaged goods and we'd have ice cream. I loved her doing that. She worked in a printer's. She worked in a, 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 a home that was for girls. She worked in various contexts. Thrislington Sales, don't even know what they did, but they sold something. I remember taking up, she worked in Birkenhead Market selling cheese and egg. And then she worked for a man called Mr. Bromley. And Mr. Bromley was the CEO of a local business and a very wealthy man. 
And he was known for being a hard worker, but he was also known that he didn't like Christians. He had an aversion to Christianity for various reasons, some things he'd seen in the war. And then my mum started to work for him. But you know what? If, she, if he overpaid her by mistake, I remember my mum saying you give to us, oh, Mr Bromley gave me too much. He usually said, oh, you can keep it, Mrs Campbell, for being honest. If she said she was going to be there for nine o'clock, she was there for nine o'clock. This is what it means to be a diligent worker. And I always remember Mr Bromley before he passed away. In fact, my mum worked for him and Mrs Bromley until she reached 80 years of age. And I'll be honest, one of the reasons they kept paying her was they just wanted her in the home every week to talk to her because she became one of their firmest friends. And she, he said to my mum before she retired one day, you're the finest Christian I've ever met. And do you know why that was? It was because of her work. Which leads me to my second point. Or my third point, rather. First point was we work because we're God-like. The second point was, was God provides for us through our work. My third point is this, that our work is a witness. Work, if you're a Christian, and I know maybe not all you, you are, but it's a witness. Listen to what Proverbs says in chapter 10, verse 26. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so are the lazy to their employers. Ouch. Smoke to the eyes, vinegar to the teeth. Proverbs 12, 24 says this, Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labour. Proverbs 18, verse 9, One who is slack in his work is a brother to one who destroys. Proverbs 22, I told you there was a lot of verses. Verse 29, Do you see a man or a woman skillful in their work? They will stand before kings, he will not stand before obscure men. You see, working hard reflects the God and working well. So it's not just hard work, but it's doing what we do well. is a reflection of the God we serve and draws attention to him and makes a way for us even amongst kings. In other words, you'll get promotion. I used to work for a company, I, I won't, won't name them. Uh, it began with you and end with Lever. And when I worked with them, I was in the design office and I had a bit of a tough time. I was the youngest guy in the office and I was very overt with my Christian faith. In fact, they had a, a nickname for me, which was Billy, which stood short for Billy Graham. And they'd shout out, hey, Billy, why did this happen? Or, hey, Billy, why did that happen? That was my nickname, Billy. And it was, I, I found it hard. I tried to just get on with my work, but I found they were the ones who often instigated the conversations and then they blamed me for talking too much. But they would ask me questions. And I prayed, God, send someone else into the design office that's a Christian. Save me, help me, give me someone to support me. And then a guy did uh, as a contractor. Uh, I won't name him, I can't remember his name anyway, but he joined as a contractor. I was electrical, he was mechanical. And this guy... I want to be nice to him in case he's listening, um, but he was lazy. He would rather talk, and he, he talked very condescendingly to others about being a Christian, and how others were less than, which isn't true. We're all on the same level. We all need a saviour. And I remember them saying to me, he's one of you. Why does he act like that, Billy? <laughs> and I couldn't answer it. In fact, this is what I prayed. I prayed that the contract would end and he would leave. And God answered my prayer. Then another guy who was a Christian joined, let me just say, his name was Steve. I remember him, I'm still a friend with him to this day. And he was a fantastic worker. So what we do, 
reflects the God we serve. It's part of our witness. One who is slack, Proverbs 18 says this, in work is close to being a vandal. Of course, the New Testament says the same. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says this, let your light shine before others so that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Part of the good works that we do can be doing good work for paid employment. Number three, or number four rather, we work to be generous. This is the last reason that we work. Proverbs 21 verse 5 says this, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes to poverty. We get what we get by diligent work. We work not just to get enough, but to be able to give to others. Some of you might be saying, I've got enough, why should I work anymore? Here's the reason why you, maybe you should work anymore. Draw a circle around what you have now. Don't go for a bigger house. Don't buy a bigger car. How about this? But with the rest of it, be generous. God is not opposed to prosperity. God is opposed to selfishness. In fact, what we find in the Bible is people like Job and David and Solomon himself, they were very wealthy people. There were some wealthy followers of Jesus who helped to support him in his ministry. Don't ever believe God is opposed to prosperity, but God is opposed to selfishness and that we spend it all on ourselves. Another proverb, 13 verse 4. Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. Do not toil to acquire wealth, Proverbs 23 says, verse 4. Be discerning enough to desist. See, it's not about acquiring more. It's about using what we have to be generous. And the Bible is full of advice to us to be generous. God was the most generous person that ever lived. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. If you choose to believe on Jesus, you're receiving the most generous gift of God. At the end of this talk, you'll be given that opportunity to say, I receive the generous gift of God in Jesus so that I may know God and I might find life. It's a gift from God. Jesus is a gift from God. He's generous. He gives us the sun. He gives us the food. He provides for us. We already talked about how the ability to work is from God. He's generous. So if work is in our nature because we're like God, so generosity ought to be as well. We can be generous. Proverbs eleven twenty five says this, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I look at my wife sometimes at Christmas and she always wants to buy more and more for the family. And I've often watched her face when she gives because the Bible says this, that, that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I've watched how she is happier when she gives a gift than when she receives it. Go on, check it out this week. Give a gift and see who's happier, you or the one who receives it. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Proverbs 22 says this, verse 9, Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. You see, getting is not about keeping. Whatever we get is to be shared amongst others. My favourite story of modern-day generosity is probably from a preacher called Rick Warren. 
Rick Warren wrote a book which I'd highly recommend called The Purpose Driven Life. I think it's one of the best, well, I know it's one of the best-selling books ever written. And Rick Warren tells you, I watched him saying this in a, a, a video preached just recently. He became a very rich man just from the sales of that book, and it's been translated into so many other languages. So this is what he did. This is generosity. He paid back the church all the salary that he'd taken for the last 25 years or whatever it was. He then decided that he wasn't going to buy a bigger house or a bigger boat or a bigger car. He would live to the same standard of living that he'd always had, which was very comfortable, as he admits. And then he, rather than giving just 10% away, he decided to give 90% away and lives on the 10%. And that other 90, he invests into purposes of God, seeking first God's kingdom around the world. He could have lived in luxury, but he decided, no, I want to be generous. That's very attractive and very godlike. So my advice to you today from the book of Proverbs, from the scriptures itself, is remember, we work because we're like God. Remember, we work to provide our needs and God has given us the ability to produce wealth. We work to witness and we work to be generous. God bless you and God bless the work of your hands as we reflect him and live a life of wisdom through work. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.